a couple of weeks ago, we started a new series and I, and I, what really what I talked about living beyond the numbers and we talked about what it, what it is to live beyond the numbers. We talked about how people financially, if you went to a financial advisor, they tell you what to do and they have good suggestions. They tell you, you know, first of all, you need to earn money. You need to go get a job, a job instead of playing Xbox till you're 25. Amen? Amen. And then we also talked about that not only do you need to earn, but you're going to spend. And what you got to do is that when you, before you earn and spend, you need to have a plan that you're going to save. How I many you know what I'm talking about? And we talked about how money, it speaks, but most of the time it says goodbye. And then we talked about, you know, it's in good to invest your money. That, that they'll tell you, you need to invest your money. And we also talked about how, you know, you need to give. You need to be that. But we talked about, that's man's ideas, but God has a different plan and God has a different strategy than men do. How I many you know what I'm talking about? And we talked about God is, first of all, it's finding your call in God. Finding out your purpose and the call that God has on your life. We talked about, you know, instead of spending money, we learn to be content with what God has given us. And we know, how many you know that's a hard thing sometimes? All right. One person. Two people. Okay. And, and, and so y'all with me this morning? Okay. I just want to make sure we turn the lights. You know, y'all watching TV for a long time. I don't know. You had that TV gaze. But then we talked about, you know, instead of just saving that we become God dependent rather than independent. And we talked about also that we need to invest. You know, that's what man says. But we learned that we're steward that he is in charge, that everything belongs to God. And we just steward what he gives us. And then the last thing we talked about, we need to learn to just like we talked where man says give. We take God has a different idea. And we talked about living a life of generosity. And this morning, what I want to do is I want to take us on a, on a message and on a journey. And we want to talk. If you're going to look for a title, it's called Intentional Generosity. I know that last week, Pastor Josh talked about worry and how sometimes we worry about things that are coming. How many of you ever had, like, you got a bill in the mail and you go, oh, my gosh. It's one of those. You go, oh. And you look at your mate. How are we going to pay this? I don't know. God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The refrigerator breaks. We know that. And then we start worrying or, or we have some medical issues and we get the bill and we go, boy, they like, you know, when you get a medical bill, they, they medical bills are on steroids. That's all I got to say. And you just go, how are we going to do this? And he talked about trusting God. And, and, and I asked my wife, I said, how did Josh do? And she goes, man, baby, he did great. He just shared his heart. He talked about just the, the journey that him and Lindsay have been on and how God has provided and, and just how God provides every along the way. And so this morning, we know that we're in a season. Uh, what we do and uh, what we do all year long is that we're in a season where it's, it's we're in the season where there's a lot of opportunities to be generous. How many you know Christmas is coming? Thanksgiving's here. We can be thankful. One of the greatest things that my wife enjoys doing at, at Thanksgiving and at Christmas is having all of our kids there and all the grandkids. How I many you know? You've ever, you know, she just loves that. She loves that time of season. We got Thanksgiving coming and we got a turducken. I don't know if you know what that is, but man, we're going to cook that baby good. And that means if we're cooking a turducken, I don't have to fry a turkey so I can stay out in the hunting field a little longer. My wife's going, brother, you're going to be a turducken anyway. <laughs> you're going to cook me inside out. But, you know, the, the, there's a scripture that we've used as a text, and it's in Haggai. If you le- turn with me there, or you'll see it on the screen. It just says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Look what it says. It says, give careful thought to your ways. Let me just stop right there. In other words, you need to think about what you're doing. How many of you ever done something you go, why did I do that? 
You ever have that? You ever one of those, those moments you go, why am I doing this? It's kind of like the lady that, 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 that cooked the roast and she used to cut the ends off. And her husband goes, baby, how come you cut the ends off the roast every time you put it, you cook it for her? She goes, I don't know. He goes, my mama did it, so I do it. And so he said, well, why don't you call your mom and see why she does it? He, go, he calls, she calls her mom and says, mama, how come you cut the ends off the roast? She goes, that's easy, baby. When your dad and I first got married, we had a small stove, so I used to cut the ends off the, the roast so it could fit in the stove. And, you know, there's a lot of people that do things. They don't even know why they do what they do. I mean, I'm talking about. And religion does that to a lot of people. You go, why do you do that? I don't know. They told me to kneel. They told me to stand. They told me to do this. Don't squat. They told me to. At this time of the service, that lady screams a little bit, and he does that. Just the way it is. I used to go to church. We used to have a church. Lindsay used to go there with Tracy and I. And they used to have a lady. Her name was Sister Teapot. That wasn't her real name, but she, when service would go, she'd always kind of go, whoo, whoo. Woo, 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 the Lord says. And everybody goes, man, the Lord speaks out loud. I mean, it didn't scare, it didn't make me want to go to the Lord. It scared the H-E double cocky sticks out of me. You remember her, Lindsay? Okay. She goes, yes. You know, and the Bible says you have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. If you have teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. You drink. But never have your fill. You put your you put on clothes, but you are not warm. And here's one I like. It says you earn wages only to put them in your purse with holes in it. How many of you ever felt that way? You get paid and you go, man, it's gone. Where did it go? You had a hole in your purse. Patch it up. This is what the Lord Almighty says. This one it says, give careful thought of your ways. And life and money. We try a lot of different approaches, don't we? But the truth is, God's way works. You know, and I believe this. The Bible, Timothy, who was actually a pastor, speaking to us pastors to remind you what you should do. And he says this. He begins to challenge Paul. And, and, and Paul begins to challenge Timothy in the church. And this is what he says in First Timothy. I'm just going to read the first part. And he says, command those who are rich. Say it when say rich. In this present world. See, all of us know, how many of you know, how many you know somebody that's really rich? How many of you know you're a good friend? Some, like, they got some serious money, you know? I mean, they don't have any jingle jangle. They got some folding stuff. You know what I'm talking about? All right. I mean, they're rich. And what happened, and, and then when you're around, but you don't feel rich when you're around them. You know what I'm talking about? But I know this is that for all of us, I think this statement applies to all of us. We live in the greatest country in all the world. Amen. We live in the greatest state in the whole world. Amen. We got the best cooking in this whole world. Come on, Shad. Some of you, we can tell. Anyway, the second thing, not only that, but can I tell you something? We have, we're in the greatest church in this whole area. All right. We are blessed. Look at your name and say, we're blessed. We're blessed. And you got a senior pastor named Pastor Bubba. Not many people have that. Did you know, it was crazy, did you know that if you have a household income of $45,000, you're in the top 1%, listen, of wage earners in the whole world. And the 1%, when you bring the world together. Look at me and say, I'm rich. See, what, 
Wherever you know that you're rich, can I tell you something? You act differently when you know you're rich. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? You complain less. Rich people problems. You know what rich people problems? They go and they look in the closet and they go, and it's full. And they go, I have nothing to wear. You know what rich people problems are? Is they, they, go, they get mad at the satellite man because he's late. And LSU was on. Don't worry about him. You don't have to watch him anymore. Keep praying. They play Ole Miss next week. They're going to lose. I'm just kind of prophesying. No, I'm just, anyway. That's not a prophecy. I'm just saying. But I, let me just say, I saw one of the guys in the church had a picture of, of the tiger crying like this. He sent me in Facebook. You know, I don't like to complain, but sometimes I have. And I can remember one time being in El Salvador, and I was there for like 12 days, and we preached for 10 days, Pastor Steve Robinson and I, before I was a pastor. And we spoke in four, I spoke in four schools a day, and I did a church service every night. And on Sundays, I'd do three services in one day. Okay, that's a whole lot of services. And I got there and for the first eight days, they lost my luggage. I was washing my BVDs in the sink every night. And then, you know, what's really great is when the airline goes, hey, how was your flight? Did you have any problems? I'm like, do it. Let me tell you. You you know what I'm saying? They get that. How was your flight? How was your What was your experience? My experience? BBDs for eight days in the sink. I wore the same drawers. I wore the same pants. I wore the same. I hung them out at night. And then my friend Lee that was with me actually bought me an extra shirt because I think he was tired of smelling the shirt that I had on. And, you know, and it's like, it's like, but I, can I just tell you something? I know people when I've traveled in other countries and some of the people here, you've gone other places. Let me tell you something. They don't have a choice. What they have is what they have on. I remember when my son Andrew was working in South Africa and one of the, he took me one day with him in, in, in Sander Bader. And he used to have a long beard, long hair. And they used to call him Jesus. I'm serious. Jesus is here. And he'd have a trunk and it'd be full of clothes. And people would just run and they, they, they were so thankful. Thank you, Jesus. It was Andrew. But anyway, but he was the hands and the feet of Jesus in that village, in that place. And I remember walking away just going, wow. You know, the Corinthians, it says, you know, the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich. Listen what it says. Yet for your sakes, he became poor so that by his poverty. We could be made. He could he could he could make you rich. What he's saying is that it's rich in God's grace. It's rich in God's mercy. It's rich. How many of you know that God, you know what mercy means? That you de- he gives you something you don't deserve. How many of you feel that way sometimes? Man, I, God has given me things that I don't even deserve. And if you're next to your wife, you go, she's right here. And you better shake your head like you mean it. She's right here. God, and, and then he gives you the grace. He gives you the power to be what you're not, that you're not normally. Amen? Amen. That you tried to do it in your own strength, but then God came through and he helped you with his strength. And he says this, and says this though he was, and he says, so that you may, so that by his poverty, he can make you rich. And look in the next, the next uh, portion in Corinthians says, you will be made rich in every way. 
Listen, so that you can be generous on every occasion. How many of you want to? How many of you say, Pastor Bubba, I'd like to be a blessing to people. I'd like to give things that I've never given before. How many of you have felt that way? Like, and I just want to give. And you know, there's some people that they really have a giving heart. That's just what that what their their heart is all about. And I've been around some of those people. They're just so generous. You know, you know. I don't subscribe to the prosperity theology. And what does that mean? Prosperity theology says, says God wants you to be wealthy so you can be wealthy. I don't believe that. You know what? I, I believe that God doesn't want you to have more than you need. See, God blesses me with more than I need so I can be a blessing. Amen. See, God needs you to have more than you need. You know, the Bible, you know, when you look at the children of Israel, they left Egypt where there was not enough at all. They went to the wilderness where there was barely enough to the promised land where there was more than enough. Amen. And that's what God does with us. He said, I've, I've never asked God for my needs to be met because I want to have more so I can give more. See this, the more Americans make, they say, the less they give. You know, Timothy says it like this. Command those who are rich in this present world. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm rich. Look at your neighbor that you don't want them to be rich, that you're rich too. <laughs> to do good. To be rich. Look what it says. What it says. To be rich in what? Good deeds. And to be generous. And look what it says. And willing. Underline that word. Willing to share. I think personally, if, if we're going to be rich people, then this is the best season to be reminded what that looks like. And so this morning, most churches give guilt to get you to give, but we don't do that around here. We're not going to show a video. We're not going to have malnutrition little kids with flies on their eyes and a little belly sticking out and, and holding little rice bowls. And would you give to this season this year so we can be generous? We're not going to do that. I'm not going to tell you a sad tearjerker, but what I believe this. God doesn't mind you having stuff. He just doesn't want stuff having you. God, God doesn't want us to guilt you. He wants us to be responsible. What does that look like, Pastor Bubba? See, my job isn't to tell you what to do. My job is just to show you that we have opportunities this year and this season to be generous, okay? So what I'm about to share with you are some opportunities that you can be a part of if you choose to be. All right? Is that all right? Okay? So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to do random acts of kindness. What does that look like? Uh, you know, what we did is we printed some business cards. You should have got one when you came in. You saw it? And see, on this business card, it has our Savior's Church on one side, has our website. And then on the other side, it says something extra to show you God loves you. You know, I told you a story a couple of weeks ago about a lady that was in a line and she was going to McDonald's. It was going to be her last meal. And when she finished eating that meal, she was going to kill herself. And I told you that if, look, if it's my last meal, I'm not going to McDonald's. I'm going to Roos Chris. I'm going to a crawfish bowl or something. You understand what I'm talking about? And what happened is this lady that was in front of her, she said, look, I don't know who this lady is behind me, but I want to pay her me. How much is it? $7.06. She said, when I do pay for it, would you give her this card? Because see, that lady was going to kill herself. She was saying this, and no one cares about me. God doesn't even love me. She gets a card. She calls the church, and she says, someone from your church saved my life. And they go, how do you know? I got their license plate. 
And what happened is the lady ended up getting saved because of act of kindness and of generosity, just of a little card. You know, Pastor Bubba, well, well, can, can, let me ask you something. Can I just give you some, I want to give you some encouragement. If you got this card, let me give you a couple of things you can do. You know what you could do? You could buy a box of donuts for your whole workplace and put a few cards in it and know that you got some donuts. Amen? And get some conversation. You could slip a $20 bill on one of your friend's desk. You can just put a card on that $20 bill. They don't even know why. You can, you can leave a big tip for a waitress or a waiter. Hello? Thank you for all those amens. Amen. I see I still got to get the singe out of you. Come on, come on. You see, you send a note of encouragement to somebody. Man, I love the way you work. You always show up work on time. You always encourage me. You always have something positive. Give another, you know... Go to Walmart, and if you're fighting over a parking spot, give it to the other person. Then after you do that, put the card on their window. That would be a miracle for some of you, amen? Oh, y'all confessing now. All right, I got you. I got you now. Y'all confessing. Bake some cookies. Bake something and, and go to your neighbor, or go to the police station or go to the fire department or, or, or go to the hospital and just bless some people. Amen? Amen. You see, I believe this is it. You know, pick, you know, when you leave today, pick up a handful of those cards and use them. Use them for the glory of God. I challenge you to go around town this week and be the hands and be the feet of Jesus. Amen. Just a little card. The second thing we're going to do during this holiday season, we're going to give a hope offering. We're going to take up an offering on December 6th. And what we're going to do, I want you to give, I want to give you time to think about it. I want to give you time to pray about it and plan for it. And everything you give in this special offering is going to go to help families and organizations and people in this area. Is that all right? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Wouldn't it be great if we just brought a check? Wouldn't it be great... If there's something that's giving life to people, we went and brought a check, a generous check, where people just freak out and want to give glory to God for what we did as a church to give to them. That would shock some people. Why don't we just go into, why don't we just shock some people? Everything you give, see, give through, see, this is the way you can give through your church, but not give to your church. You give through it. You understand what I'm saying? You're not giving to us. You're giving through the church to be able to be a blessing to other people in this area. And another thing we're going to do, we're going to give, we're going to give in hope, uh, hope initiatives. We're going to, we want, we're going to ask you, this is what we're going to ask you to do. We want you to pray about this, but go buy a gift card. Any denomination, 5, 10, 15, 25, 100, whatever. Bring it to church. And what we're going to do, we're going to bless some families in our community for Christmas. Amen? So we can do that. We can go. We're looking for, we're looking, I believe this. I believe a lot of times single moms are almost like a widow. We want to bless some single moms. There could be some single dads as well. We want to bless them so their kids can be blessed. We want to bless families that are just struggling. We want to do that. And it's, it, you know, and it's like we just want to bless. We also want to, to bless our teachers in this area. We're going to give them a free lunch. You know, we do that. We do this every year. We go and we, we cook. Or we bring meals for the teachers in our school, in our local schools. And, and uh, we give gifts to them. And we just want to be a, the next two things I want to share with you. Let me just say this. 
They have nothing to do with money at all. I believe people's greatest need is not their temporal suffering, but their eternal suffering. Because look at me. I want you, I want you to look at me. Because if you don't know Jesus and you haven't allowed him in your heart. See, you think, well, the things that I go through are horrible here. Listen to me. To go into eternal, because you don't hear this in church, to go to hell eternally away from God with no comfort, no person, nothing. You're with yourself and your thoughts. And someone told me you were with an opportunity. It's like a bad dream. You're about to give your life to the Lord and you wake up and you realize you didn't really live for him like you should have. And you really never gave your life to him like you should have. And that you're in eternal hell. And it's like you wake up from that and you realize you're in a nightmare. And it's for eternity. Listen, my greatest desire, I don't want anybody in this area to suffer eternally without God. Amen? You know, the crazy thing is, which I'm blessed, Pastor Josh said, we've been growing. You know, we had 634 people this past Sunday. But the crazy thing is, when you look at where we were last year, we've grown to over 140 people, new people, than we had last year in our church. Someone ought to give glory to God. That means less people going to hell and more people going to heaven. Someone ought to shout. That's more exciting than LSU winning. You see, the greatest gift we can give our our community and our city and this region is the gospel. Because the gospel is the good news. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to live below poverty in your spirit and in your soul. I meet so many people. I, I used to serve the Lord. Really? What happened? Well... All them people over there, all them church people, they the same. Really? All? Well, there are two in the church I went to. They were mean as hornets. Okay, so you take two people and you compare them to every church there is. Listen, can can I be, I've been a Christian for 35 years. Can I tell you something? Light attracts bugs. This is what I've learned. All size of bugs. And that's, we're called the light of the world. And guess what? You ever go look at a light and they got ugly bugs, stinky bugs, goofy looking bugs. They got small bugs, big bugs, fat bugs, skinny bugs, you know, funky looking bugs. Welcome to the family of God. <laughs> so we try. Listen, don't compare people by your compare. You know what? You know, a lot of times we compare ourselves to other people. Well, I ain't as bad as them. Why don't you ask God? God, what do you want to change in me? What do you want to do in me? God, what's wrong with me? You ever do an inventory of your heart? God, speak to me. See, if we feed them, I believe this. I don't want to just feed people and they don't go to heaven. Then we lose. I want to be generous till we have something eternal that we give somebody and we give them hope and they can find Jesus and make a difference in the world. Amen. Amen. And the last thing, let's not the last, one of the other things we're going to do this with Pastor Josh and I and Jamie and Zach have been talking about for the last two years. We're going to do an Advent series. Uh, did you know that there are more suicides committed between Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the other 11 months combined? It's not ho, ho, ho. It's whoa, whoa, whoa. People are hurting. 
We, we want to preach a series that gives people hope and helps them to reorient, reorientate and get their focus on the real season, on the real reason for the season of what Christmas is all about. It's not just about a baby in a manger. It's about the story of hope, the hope of the world that came in the form of a baby, an innocent baby, and gave us hope that, you know what, I believe this, is that if he was, he, he was killed, he was crucified, but he didn't stay in the tomb, amen? You don't go to Jerusalem and, and you don't go, hey, you know, or, or you don't go, hey, here's the bones of Jesus. He was raised. And listen, he had resurrection life. And I believe this, when you get saved, the old man dies like Jesus. He died, and all of a sudden you get resurrection life. Amen? You don't stay where you're at. You begin to grow, and you begin to share with people. Because when you're in love with someone, you're not afraid to advertise. Come on. You remember falling in love? I remember seeing my wife at, at, in college, and I thought, my God in heaven. Listen, God gives an attraction gift. It's not from the devil. And when I saw her, I went, my God in heaven, she looks like a grape that needs to be picked soon. And I'm going to be the one that picks it. I'm serious. I remember looking at her, Tracy Cassidy, that was her name. She used to be Tracy Lynn Cassidy. That means TLC, Tender Loving Care. But see, she married me. It's Tender Loving Mercy on me, TLM. That mercy of God. Because I was messed up. Can I just tell you that? You know what my story was? I was messed up. Drugs, alcohol, all that other stuff. Got caught, all that. You know what I'm saying? She was a virgin, never been kissed, and all that. And God put, how many know God's got a sense of humor? <laughs> the laugh was not on her. I mean, the laugh was on me. Like, you're like, you don't deserve this. And I thank God for that. Thank God for the gift that He's given me. I love you, baby. You're awesome. Come on. Is it okay to confess in church? Come on, well, I'm not putting a show on this morning. I do love my wife. You know, we want to, you know, and we want to preach. We want to share with them. Then at Christmas time, we're going to celebrate Christmas on December 20th. It's a Sunday before Christmas. Christmas is on a Friday this year. And we're going to celebrate December 20th. And most, that's when more people attend our church than ever before for the rest of the year is Easter and Christmas. And there's more people that meet Jesus through our services at Christmas. And so I'm encouraging you. I don't want you to feel pressure to do any of these things. I hated growing up. Feeling pressure and guilt to do things I didn't want to do. How many of you are talking about? I remember at Easter time, when I was a little kid, my mama made me put on a bow tie with a little funky little penguin suit. I felt pressure, and I didn't want to do it. But I did it. And you know, right before you get to church, you know, mama spit can clean anything. She, mom, please stop. You know, I mean, I mean it's, that's before wet wipes. You know, when wet wipes don't do, the mama's thumb comes out. The Bible says it like this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give. This one says, what does it say? What you have decided in your heart to give. Look what it says. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a what? Cheerful. Come on, tell me. A lot. God loves a what? Cheerful. Cheerful giver. The Bible says you shouldn't give under pressure. Your giving should be thought out. 
God wants your heart in your giving. And here's what I'm going to do. Here's the big question. I have three things. I don't, some questions I wanted you to I'm gonna try to answer for you. The big question we must ask is, how do I decide what to do? And how do I decide to be generous? And how do I decide to give? And I want to give you a giving filter this morning. How you determine what to give. God builds his kingdom. You know what? Here it is. Number one, the relationship. Here's it. The relationship question. Who will I commit to relationally? God builds his kingdom relationally. I mean, God has a relationship with you and I. The difference between religion and relationship. Religion is going doing things. Relationship is knowing a person. And so what happens is, you know, who will I commit to relationally? God builds his kingdom relationally. I believe God connects you to certain people. Amen. The greatest gift that you have are the people God puts in your life. The greatest gift that I have on this earth is my wife and then my children. Those are my greatest gift that God gives and parts to me. Now my grandchildren, which is great because you know what? You can send them home and their mom and daddy can clean their diaper, not you. You know, we, Tracy and I have six children. Now we have six grandchildren. Five come from one family. My oldest son. I don't know where he got the example, but he's done it quickly. (laughs) And see, I don't like the way this generation has made relationships more convenient than covenant. What do you mean? Like my marriage. Can I make a confession? Me and Miss Tracy fight sometimes. That comes to a shock to some of you. But sometimes we fought. And there's times, look at me, there's times... That we don't agree. You ever feel that way? And there's times that I'm not going to divorce her. Now, I thought about leaving her. Murder has been considered in my mind, too. (laughs) On hers, too. Because we know this. We're in a covenant. The only way out of the marriage is the grave. Either she kills me or I kill her. We die of natural causes. It's not about convenience. It's like my marriage is I'm going, you know what? I don't like what I'm going through. I don't like what we're dealing with. But I'm not going anywhere. Because I'm in a covenant with you. I didn't make a promise to you. I made a promise to God that I would love you, keep you, cherish you in sickness and in health. And she's fulfilled that on me in sickness and in health. My first covenant is to God. Let his son that died for me to be in relationship with me. Here's some filters you can have in, in way to give, you know, to, to, for, you know, to commit relationally. We recognize that all we have comes from the hand of the, our gracious God. How many you know that all you have comes from God? How many of you believe that? God owns us in everything we have so... You know what? If he owns us and we owns everything we have, then sometimes before we make a commitment to do something, we might need to ask him, God, what do you want me to do? God, how should I approach this? Instead of, a, you know, some of us can have great ideas, great thoughts, great plans. But here's a question. Is it your plan or is it God's plan? The second thing, we will give the full tithe to the church that we worship in. That's what Tracy and I committed to. Look, we don't we don't we didn't start tithing when we became pastors. We were tithing way before we ever became pastors. Faithfully. Because we won't and you know what? And, and God, if you want us to give more, let your spirit direct us in what we should do. The third thing is you need to demonstrate discipline with your spending. You need to live 
you know, you need to give 10%. You need to give your tithe. You need to try to save 10%. Sometimes that can't happen. I understand that that needs to be a goal that you have. I give 10%, I save 10%, and I live on 80%. Hello? Oh, pastor, I couldn't make it. Well, you know, you don't know what you can do until you go for it. And you trust God. The The next thing is we will avoid debt so that his money doesn't go to the wrong place. Now, listen. That is our goal. There's been times, I mean, I'm not debt free, but I'm, I'm trying to get there. I mean, I'm talking about. But here's the thing you need to realize. You know, for all of us is that, you know what? I understand if a washing machine breaks, because that happens. How many of you have had something break and, you, and it makes you want to cuss? I mean, how many of you did cuss? You don't need to raise your hand. Okay. Or, or something breaks or the car, you know, you've been trying to save money. So you're driving an older car and, and what happens is, you know, and then something goes wrong with that. And you go, man, I, I've been trying to save money and now I've got to spend. I mean, I'm talking about it. Sometimes it just seems like it's a trap. But anybody know what I'm talking about in the right church? But you know what? Just if you have it as a goal and, you know, God help me. God will help you and God will provide. Amen. If God can provide for the prophet in the wilderness that had no food and the ravens would bring him food every day and the children of Israel would be in the wilderness and God would bring them manna every day, God will take care of you. Amen. Because the Bible says he's no respecter for He's the same today, yesterday, and for your future. The last thing. We will make an effort to be generous on every occasion that we can. See, Psalm says it like this. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of God. And here's the thing. Let me just tell you something. There's many of you. How do I connect relationally? Today, we start Connect 101 in our in our next step class. Actually, I met a, a lady that was here. Her name was Carla. That She says, Pastor, I'm so excited. I'm going to go through next step. I'm coming to this service and I'm come back and I'm going to go through the next step class because it's going to start right after this service right here in the lobby right there. And this is the best way to get connected to our OSC. And you're, what you're doing, you're connecting for four weeks. You're kind of trying to help you discover your purpose, your call, who you are and the call of God that God has on your life. It's to find that out. And I encourage you to go walk through it. And maybe you might go through it in four weeks and go, well, this isn't where this isn't where God wants me. Maybe God wants me somewhere else. Then here, look at me. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I want you to be planted where God plants you. I don't want you to be like a pot plant trying to find a place you're going to be planted because a pot plant never gets to grow to its potential because it's going from place to place to place. Amen? And I see people with their lives like that. They walk in the church and go. I just tell you, as a, as a pastor, when sometimes people look at you, they kind of give you the. You're kind of short, aren't you? What's your name? Bubba? My God in heaven, your mother might have bad named you bad. Listen, dynamite comes in small packages. That's all I got to say. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? See, it's it's finding that, being connected. You know why people are kind of out of whack? Because they never get connected to people. The second question is the difference question. Will it make an eternal difference in my life? Not all charity is the same. Not all giving is the same. Amen? What do you mean? Just because you're generous is not enough. See, your giving should be strategic to getting people into heaven. Hello? It should be 
you know what? I have an assignment here. It's to help them. I want them to know how their life can be changed by God and God can make a difference in their life, make a difference in their, their marriage, in their family, in the way they see things, their worldview, how they see things. It's because it's not about a religion. It's about a person. His name is Jesus. Because can I tell you something? I met a person 35 years ago. And he revolutionized my life. I wasn't looking for him. He became, he came looking for me. But see, I had a grandmother and I had a prayer meeting that was praying for me. I didn't have a chance. Now, you've heard my story. My grandmother called me two o'clock in the morning. My God, boy, where have you been? The Holy Ghost woke me up. I've been praying for you all night. Oh, Nene, quit it. Leave me alone. She'd give me a Bible for Christmas and Easter and my birthday. And if they had a Mardi Gras Bible, she would have given that one too. <laughs> but she loved me enough. She didn't quit. She'd hear stories. I got caught with drugs at my school. Two weeks left to graduate. They didn't let me graduate with the class. I'd already sent the invitations out. I had to call my relatives and my friends. On one side, I was the oldest grandson, so the first one to graduate high school. Embarrassed my family. And I got to a point where I was just going to live the way I wanted to. And my stepfather said, hey, there's one rule we have in our house. If you stay at this house, you got to come. You got to go to church. I remember walking in from partying all night, walking in. He come, come on, man. You need to go get ready. We're going to church. I spit on the ground. I said, that's what I think about you and your church and your God. He said, good. Go pack your bag. And in my pride, in my rebellion, I said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I moved out to Karen Crow and grew dope for three months. Smoked it too. Then I realized I needed to get a J-O-B, a job. And God blessed me with the job. Can I just say something? When people make a stand, look at me, look at me, I want to tell you this. If you're making a stand for someone, don't give up. You're in a situation that looks hopeless. Don't give up. You know, when I became saved and I started going around speaking, and I, this was my line, I used to be a dope head, but now I'm a hope head. I'm coming to bring hope. So you can cope. You dope. Anyway. You know, yesterday, I, I mean... Friday, Friday, all my days are, Jamie and I went and did a funeral with Albert and Charmaine's son that was, that was in the military, passed away. And they asked, Albert asked if Jamie and I could do it. And I was more than happy to do that. I didn't know their son, Nate, personally. But Jamie and I got there, we started talking to the relatives and everything. And we were just standing around and you know, finding out things. And Jamie read the obituary, read some stories about him. Then I got up, shared the message. And, and the thing, you know, and they were, it was coming to the end and where everybody goes to the casket and looks. I ask you to pray for Albert and Charmaine. Can you do that? We're going to. And that 
And Nate and his wife, Kathy, have a 12-year-old daughter, Brianna, and a little boy, six, named Alexander. And I was watching them pass by the casket. And when the little six-year-old boy looked down in the casket, it broke me. I looked at him and I thought, I had a daddy. I had a good daddy. I had a good stepfather. They were men's men. They shaped me and molded me. And I looked at that little boy and I just began to think, who's going to mold him? But God reminded me. He said, I'm a father, Bubba, to the fatherless. And you know, and that's how we are sometimes. We look at life and we're like that little boy and we're going to miss something. But can I tell you something? God wants to be your father. Your heavenly father. He wants to guide you and lead you and direct you. They don't have to walk through pain and difficulty. Are you hearing me? You see, I know this is that just because you're generous. See, it's giving strategically. The Bible says if any man builds on this foundation using gold and silver and costly stones, wood, hay and straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. The one thing about God's kingdom, when you face light, it shows who you really are. Because when you read that, because in that scripture, it talks about all this stuff you find. But see, anything that's valuable comes from underneath the earth. Gold and silver and precious stones. But hey, wood and stubble, you put fire to that and it burns quickly and there's nothing left but ashes. And that's how people build their lives. By surface. What can I get? What can I have? What's going to get me off? What's going to do that? And it just lasts for a season. Bible says sin brings pleasure for a season. When your season's over, where do you go? But it also says this. It says, wood, hey, when you put fire to wood, when you put fire to gold, can you give me a napkin, Mom? Thank you. My nose is running. I'm sorry. When you put fire to gold and silver and precious stones and you turn up the fire, it just brings the brilliance and the purity out of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And sometimes we walk through things in life that just purify our hearts. We wonder why we go through the journey. Why, you know, why am I going through cancer? Why am I, God just doing things to draw us closer to him. It's not that he did it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But he uses, if we allow the circumstances of life to generate, how many of you have gone through difficult and hard times you didn't want to go through? Anybody like that in the house? But what I've learned is one of my Bible teachers said, you know, he went to a goldsmith one day and he was saying, how do you know when the gold's ready? He goes, it's easy. And he begins to turn up the fire. And he turns the fire, begins the gold, begins to bubble and boil. And then the dross, the impurities off the gold, they would just skim that off. And he goes, when do you know it's ready? He goes, I'll tell you when it's ready. And he goes, it's ready. And he goes, how did you know? He says, it's easy. When I can look into the gold and I see reflection myself, then I know it's ready. God looks at us. Let me ask you a question. Do people see reflection of him in your life when you walk through difficult, hard times because all he's doing is perfecting you so people can see him amen 
You know, I was at the hospital after the funeral. I went to pray with a guy named Rodney and his wife named Marlene and one of the guys in our church in Crowley. He said, Pastor, when you're coming through, would you stop and laugh at it, Lord's? I said, sure. See, what they didn't know, I'd done all my cancer surgery and all my procedure at Lourdes. I don't like Lourdes. Can I just be honest with you? And I'm like, I'm driving. I go, man, I'm going to Lourdes. I get out of my truck. I'm walking. And it says, welcome to Our Lady Lourdes. A little placemat thing, you know. And I go, God, today I'm not walking here as a patient. I'm walking in, and I'm a doctor. That I can apply oil to my brother's wound and believe for a miracle. God, I'm cancer-free. I walk in there, and there's, a, there's, a late, there's Marlene and her daughter. And Rodney's on this machine. His eyes aren't open. And they went in there, and they found out. He didn't even know it. They, they found out he had pancreatic cancer because there were some things with his heart, and they started seeing other things, and they found out that. And I said, hey, I'm here to pray. We're not here to just pray. We're here that God would heal him. She goes, Bubba. Because I prayed for a couple of days before. And, and she said, Bubba, he's getting, he's getting better. And I said, let's pray. And we started praying. And we started praying. He started going, mm. He started trying to move. She goes, he's getting better. Keep praying. You know. We prayed. And when I finished, she goes, what happened to you? And I began to share my story of what God did, has done in my life. Because, see, it wasn't just God delivering me from drugs. (laughs) It wasn't God just delivering me from myself. It was God delivering me in such a way that down the road, that wouldn't be who I am, but that down the road that I could walk into a room and say, here, let me tell you about my journey and what my God did in my life. And he can do the same in Rodney's life. Amen. Give God the glory for that. Everything we do is revealed by fire. And it says this. It says, His work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. There's a day that we all face God. Amen? And we don't like to talk about this, but there there can be an eternal separation. It's called hell. We don't like to talk about hell in church anymore. Amen? But the reality is we are all going to face the judgment seat of Christ one day. And we're going to have to give account of who we did, why we did what we did, who we did it for, and who we lived for. We either live for ourselves, we live to please other people, or we live to serve God and Him Almighty. Amen? Amen. And see, the reality is, is this for all of us. Is that, you know what? He said, he said, if what He has built survives, you will receive whose reward? His reward crown of life that one day everything that we live for everything we did will be tested by fire did you know that and we will stand before the judgment seat of christ and we're going god i have nothing to give you and we're going to realize we're going to bow down and it's going to be tested by fire and what we have what's left is our gift to give to god think about that how many of you want to give God a big gift? Man, I want to give him hunking jewels. I want to be going, God, and it's not about me, it's about him. And the final question is the God question. Here it is, is God speaking to me? 
One of the most fun things that I've ever had and the greatest adventures in my Christian walk is to know that I'm on on assignment for God every day. You know, I don't get my life. I'm just saying my wife can tell you this and my kids can tell you. I go into places and they go. My kids, daddy, you know, everybody. No, I don't know everybody. Now, every day where we go, you know somebody. And there's sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. And some people, I, they'll say, hey, Bob, Pastor Bob, and I don't know him. But that's where you go. You act like you know him. Don't look at me like I'm funny. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't lie, though, you know. Sometimes, oh, what's your name again? Oh, okay. If you don't know their name, ask them. Because, see, here it is. You might say, okay, God. I'm going to Walmart today. Is there anything you want me to do? Anybody you want me to bless? The first thing you can do is listen. I mean, you want to be generous? Look at me. And you're fighting for a Walmart parking spot? And there's someone else coming? Give it to them. Then put a card in their window. You know, sometimes I go place a God. Just How many ever prayed this prayer? God, use me. Just use me. I do that every day. God, I just want to be used. And sometimes I run into people, and then I realize why I run into them. Because they, they have no hope, or they're going through a deep thing. I know where's Sean. Where's Sean? Sean and I were at the gas station. He said, Pastor, help. thank you for helping me the other day. I just, we just talked, and I prayed for him. I don't even know what it was. And he goes, it helped me so much. I go, thank you, Sean. I don't remember what it was about. But for him, it meant whatever, you know, whatever it was. Listen, God wants me to forget. So I don't get the glory. It's all his. Amen. Amen. Sometimes the best thing you have is amnesia in the spirit. I just, it's so much, it's so cool. There's been times when the Lord's asked my wife and I to be generous to give something or there's some opportunity to give and, and she'll, she'll look at me. She's more generous than me. Like, I, I, I think we ought to give him. She goes, well, I thought we ought to. I'm like, that's faith. And there's been other times where we've just looked at each other and I go, I think we should do this. And she goes, I think that we, that's what I had written down. You know what I'm talking about? And that's what we did. And see, I don't want you to listen to me. Look at me. I want you to learn to listen to God. I want you to hear him speak to you. And well, Pastor Bubba, how do I do that? Sometimes it's just being quiet. How when's the last time you were just ever just quiet? Think about it. Mama's never. Too much noise. Mama, he did. She said, Mama, I'm hungry. Mama, I don't want to be a mama. I've seen what they do. I, I'm, thank you, Jesus. You know, one of the neat things is he's not here so I can say it. My son, Luke, who's 12. He was him and I, he was just talking. He says, you know, he was walking through some different things and he's 12 years old. And he goes, he told my wife first, he said, well, he told her, he said, Mom, I don't want to grow up. I want to stay a kid forever because I don't want to pay bills. (laughs) But one of the things he said, you know, Dad. Because he's going through a thing right now at his school. And he's at 12 years old, 7th grade, and some kids are making decisions how they talk, 
what they say, how they act, and all these things. And he says, I'm realizing I, I can't be friends with them anymore. And it gave me and Tracy the opportunity to say, sometimes doing the right thing is lonely. How I many you know, like, going to work and trying to do the right thing, sometimes you feel like I'm all alone. How I many you know what I'm talking about? Does anybody understand you're not alone? God said he never leaves you and he never forsakes you. He's there to back you up. And he says, yeah, but my eyes are being open. My eyes are being open. And as we said, I want, I'm going to serve God. I want to be a man of God. He's 12. And guess what? If he stays that way with that heart, he's going to be a man of God. Amen? You know what? God knows your cry. Because I believe this. If you're a kid for God, you can be a teenager for God. If you're a teenager for God, you can be a young man or a woman for God. And if you're a young man or woman for God, listen, do it while you're young because when you're old, you might not have a chance. Because you know what? When you get old, you get set in your ways. Hello? Am I? Are y'all with me? Come on. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm in the right church this morning. Matthew says it like this. Let me just end. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds... He had compassion on them. This week when Jamie and I were leaving and Albert, who just lost his son, was carrying his flag for his son. They they flew on a base where he was located. And I I just looked at him and stopped and said, Albert, we love you, man. If there's anything you need, just let us know. But Albert... I want to let you know this. I've walked through pain, but I've never walked through the pain that you're walking through. But one thing I do have for you, if you need anything, I have compassion for you. You know what compassion is? That you're moved. You're moved not to stay the way you were. You're moved to act. You go from intentions, because a lot of people have great intentions. Amen? But it's taken from intentions to action. And doing what you know you should do. That's what compassion is. And see, here's a question. Can we help people this year? Here's the question. Can we help people this year? Okay. Can you invite someone to church this year? Here's what I want you to, here's the challenge I have for you. And then I'm done. I promise. For the next two months and get a piece of paper and a pen. If you have your notes, you need to write this down because it's not in your notes. I want you to ask yourself every day this one question. Every day. This one question. Write this down. Lord, comma, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do. Lord, what would you have me do? How many of you, that's a simple prayer. Lord, what would you have me do? Can I tell you something? You never know. You never know. 
I used to minister in the Lafayette Detention Center. And one day I was going to a prison. <laughs> and I used to minister these kids every week. Sometimes I'd bring my kids with me. You ever go with me, Andrew? And there was these kids that were just locked up in the detention center. And I go to this, I went to go do a prison revival thing, and I was a speaker at the prison. But one of the guys from another church, and he found out who I was, and he came up to me and he goes, You're Bubba McCann? Yeah. He goes, You're my hero. I go, Uh oh. I go, what do you mean? He said, you used to go to the Lafayette Detention Center every week. And my son was in there. And my son gave his heart to Jesus when you were there. And he served God. Then he went to Bible college. And now he's an Assembly of God preacher. Because you went to, you went to every week to minister to my son. And you led my son to the Lord. Did you know that? And I go, no, I didn't know. But he always, when he gets up, he says, thank God that a guy named Bubba McCann came to the Lafayette Detention Center every week and ministered. And I'm here and I'm serving God today because of that. You never know what you do and how it's going to affect someone for eternity. What would you have me do, Lord? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you, Father, for... The people that are here, these are the most generous people that I know. And God, we want to do what you want us to do. We want to, we want to minister. God, we, it's not about, the question is not about, do we have a relationship? We wanted that relationship with you. We want to honor that relationship with you. We want to be connected to people that love you. But Lord, we want to do what you want us to do. Maybe you heard this morning, please no one looking around. Maybe you heard this morning and said, Pastor Baba, I'm not where I really need to be. I've heard God speak, but I know it's time for me to surrender. And to give my heart to Him so I can hear Him clearly. Because I'm not really living the way that's really pleasing to God. And I want to turn from that. And I want to live a life of generosity and give it. That's me, Pastor Bubba. Would you pray for me? Because today, this morning, I want to give my life to Jesus. Because I want my eyes off myself. Because I know that I'll never see you if I got my eyes on myself. You promised you'd take care of me. But Lord, I want to give you my heart. That I could serve you with all of it. So I can hear your voice. And be obedient to what you want me to do. If that's you, say, Pastor Bubba, that's me. Would you pray for me? I want to give my life to Jesus because I don't want to live a life just so self-centered this morning. Would you pray for me? Just If that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you. You can put it down. Anyone else? Thank you. you put, thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? I'll just give you a moment. If that's you, say, Pastor Bubba, I want to leave this place with Jesus living in my heart. That he would sit on the throne of my life and that I would dethrone myself. I want to give him his place. If that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Put it down. Thank you. Can we all just pray this prayer with the people that have raised their hand? Many people raise their hand. Can we just all pray this? Say, Lord Jesus. Say it with me. Say, Lord Jesus. I come this morning. I give you my sin. I give you my selfishness. 
I don't want to live for myself anymore. I want to live for you. So right now, I give my heart to you. That you have all of it. I believe you died on the cross. That you rose on the grave to give life. And today, I breathe in your life. Today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look at me. Before Pastor Josh comes, I want to let you know this. It doesn't matter how many chapters in the Bible you read or how long you read or if you have a Bible reading plan. Look at me. The most important thing you can do, look at me, is when God speaks that you simply obey. Are you hearing me? That is the most important. God doesn't want our sacrifices. God doesn't want our stuff. He, God wants our obedience. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That we obey what He says. You see, when you do that, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. There's nothing like knowing that you're pleasing God and honoring Him. And the Lord will be your strength. Amen?